the snap, looking, flips the ball, diving for the pylon, and he's got it! Razzle-dazzle! Touchdown, Houston! And the Texans go in front! Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy, and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Ball is out. The Texans say they have it, and they do! Now, it's Texans All-Access. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Texans All-Access. Yes, it's that time. We're now on our regular grind every Wednesday and Friday, 6 to 8. Two huge hours, jam-packed, full of interviews, analysis, anything you're looking for right here on your Houston Texans as we get ready for Sunday's game. Keep in mind, Sunday's game 325. So if you go to your TV at noon, ready, got everything ready to go, got the snacks, got the football watching chair, got your TV all ready to go, you carved out those hours, and then you turn it on, you're like, hold up, where's the game? 325. 325 is kickoff. So make sure you got that circled. I am your host for this evening's show, John Harris, football analyst and selling reporter, and so glad to be with you. We've got a jam-packed show. We're going to go behind enemy sidelines in the next segment with D.P. Sidhu, with Jeff Zriebeck, who covers the Ravens and has covered them and covered them extremely well for a very, very long time. And at the bottom of this hour, we're going to hear from Kevin Kugler, play-by-play man extraordinaire, as we go with our men behind the mics. Kevin called the game Thursday for Westwood One Radio. I saw him up in the in the booth. Their booth was right next to our radio booth, and... I talked to Kevin for a little bit and he said, yeah, whoever was supposed to be there couldn't make it. He lives in Omaha, about a three and a half hour drive. So he drove that and then flew out to San Francisco and did the uh, San Francisco and Arizona game for Fox because he's replacing Tom Brenneman on the Fox TV broadcast. So the bottom of the hour, we will go men behind the mics with Kevin Cougar. I shouldn't say at the bottom of the hour, eh, just past the bottom of the hour. And we'll have Kevin Kugler on with Mark. Then Mark will join me for a couple segments, and then we'll close it down with my in-the-lab partner, Drew Doherty, as we give you cream of the crop players from Kansas City. And we don't spend too much time on that. We spend time looking forward to Baltimore. And then we also look back a little bit to the last time that Baltimore was here to play the Ravens at NRG Stadium. It felt like for a while... We were playing the Ravens every single year, it felt like. But then you look up and you go, man, yeah, we played them in 19 and we played them in 17, but both of those are up in Baltimore. We haven't faced the Ravens at home since 2014. Against NFC teams, we go every eight-year seeing a team. We've gone six seasons without seeing the Ravens at NRG Stadium, and Drew and I discussed that on our In the Lab podcast. So hopefully... You will want to check that out. So let's get the show kicked off and do it with one of my favorite segments, and that is Texans Audio Jukebox. I can't sing, but uh, I try. I'd like to. Th- I'd like to think that I could sing, but I really can't, so I won't. So let's go to the podium and let's hear from David Johnson, who obviously joined the team. This being his first game, that was his first game on Thursday against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and he said, you know what, 
man, I felt really good. I felt great after. Oh, I felt great. I felt great being out there. Uh, and our line did a great job blocking for me. Uh, made my job a lot easier. And moving forward, I can't wait to get going. Really got to just build on it. Um, breaking more tackles. I think to myself, I still had a couple more yards I left on the field. And I just got to improve on that aspect. And then just uh, in the passing game, a couple of routes I wish I could have got back uh, where Deshaun was looking for me. And um, I just ran the wrong route. So continue to correct those uh, mistakes and building from that. Well, that was such good news to hear how good David felt uh, during the game. So I was I was pretty excited about what he was able to do. And I felt like he played pretty well. And he was asked how it felt to have a good game and your first one for your team. We didn't get the win, so it's not as enjoyable as I wish it could have been. Um, and I felt like I said I definitely could have helped us a little bit more, but it did feel good being out there and running the ball well. Um, and I didn't really even get that many carries um, just because of the situation. And so I felt like, uh, for me, I was very um, pleased with the, just the beginning. This is the first game, really. No preseason game. This is the first game where we actually got to go up there and run the ball and uh, with tackling and stuff. So I was very um, pleased. And, and I think for me, I think there's a lot um, that we can definitely build on, and especially for myself. And I feel like it's definitely um, a positive thing, though, from last week. I would imagine after the game, David was pretty sore. as the first time that he really had been tackled all season long with no preseason games. They didn't tackle full on in practice. How did it feel going in this game with the lack of tackling in the preseason? And how did you feel as the game wore on? Tackling since there was no preseason games. And I don't know what the other teams did and other defense did as far as if they tackled or had a scrimmage or anything. But um, just for me watching games, not just ours, but games around the league uh, this weekend, I can tell that, um, you know, tackling, they kind of just have to get, you know, back into the groove of things and um, get callous to tackling this. Sunday's game coming up against the Baltimore Ravens is a big one. There's no question about that. Trying to get to one and one, even the record. It's the first game at home. Last year, the Ravens sort of had their way with you in a 41 to seven win. David Johnson has the same sort of feeling that I do about this one. This one is a tremendous measuring stick sort of game for your Texans. I think uh, the league definitely front loaded the schedules. And we have a pretty tough schedule. And like you said, uh, going against the defending champions and then against the Ravens, who's always um, been up there with Lamar uh, in the playoffs and stuff. So I think, uh, you know, it's going to be a good measurement for our team. But I think we have a great team. I know we have a great team. Um, Just got to, you know, correct little things uh, for me as well. I got a lot of stuff to improve on. And like you said, this is my first, uh, last game was my first real game. Uh, No preseason. So I still have a lot to improve on. All right, let's move the jukebox over to HT13. Yeah, Houston, Texas, number 13. That would be Brandon Cooks. He went to the mic as well this week. And obviously, it was his first game playing for the Texans. And he talked about how he felt after the 60-minute contest against the Chiefs. I feel good. I think there is a lot to build on. I think at the end of the day, when you you come back to it and you look at the film, it's in this league, it's all about the little details. Um, and, you know, those are the things that we just got to get back to, you know, this week. Um, and I think that's what we're doing. We started off today having a great day. Um, we just got to continue to build on it. 
Now, this was obviously Brandon's first opportunity to play for the Texans. And I think we expected it to do a little bit more offensively. And it really got going in that fourth quarter. Here's what Brandon had to say about this offense after the night was said and done. Details, little details. Um, and, I, and that's as a whole, all of us, myself included, uh, just got to get back to the details and the fundamentals um, and, and the basics. You know, it's funny. You can talk all you want about scheme this and all the different things you need to read and do this and your mic points are this. And I, Sometimes and a lot of times this game and every other sport comes down to have you mastered the fundamentals? Have you mastered the little details, as Brandon put it? Have you mastered those minute details? Do that, and you'll win games. It's as simple as that. Okay, let's get to our final note here. Um, Beyond Texans Audio Jukebox, a couple of roster moves and machinations over the last few days. Holly Waring goes to IR. I saw that news and my heart just sank. Oh my goodness. So hopefully it's a short stint and Kylie can get back and get rolling. That means that Farrell Brown, who was with the Browns, he had been with the Raiders before, came out of Oregon, moves up to the 53-man roster. Troy Fumagalli goes to the practice squad, as does Alex Magoo. He goes back on the practice squad as the third quarterback. And then news I saw come down a little while ago, the Texans look like they'll have a practice squad spot open because Gerald Hawkins, it appears, is going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So those are your transactions for the day. All right, let's talk a little bit more about this Ravens game with a guy that knows the Ravens extremely well. Jeff Zriebeck is our Behind Enemy Sidelines interview of the week. We'll have that for you next with DP Sitter. Download the Texans mobile app for news, videos, alerts, and more on your Houston Texans. Or 9,125 days or 175 years to your dog. Now, for something to be around that long, that's impressive. And that's what Chevron with Tecron is. Impressive. Because it delivers unbeatable cleaning power and unbeatable gas mileage. Plus, as always, Tecron is in every grade, every gallon. Chevron with Tecron, celebrating 25 years of clean. Care for your car. Hey, Texans fans, Drew Doherty here. Are you looking for a new home? First Community Credit Union has everything from purchase loans to construction loans, VA loans, and more. With our competitive rates, low to no closing costs, and rate match guarantee, FCCU can help you navigate home ownership. Discover your options at FCCU and get pre-approved today at FCCU.org forward slash home loans. First Community Credit Union is the official credit union of the Houston Texans. First Community Credit Union is an equal housing opportunity lender. What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Lite in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting, we are Texans. You call it Miller time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There's a lot of information and misinformation being shared about COVID-19. Houston Methodist wants to share the facts. COVID-19 is a serious and potentially deadly illness, and you can infect others, including loved ones, without even knowing it. But it's also avoidable if we each do our part. Wear a mask. 
wash your hands, stay six feet apart. Keeping Houston safe is a team effort. Together, we can make our city healthy and vibrant again. Visit HoustonMethodist.org slash COVID. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Titosvodka.com. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Lots more to break down next on Texans Radio. Yeah, we're here in Energy Stadium with our favorite people in Houston, our one and only Texans fans. So what are you guys cheering about? We're celebrating Dyke and opening the country's third largest manufacturing plant right here in Houston. Yeah, baby! That's over 5,000 employees already and still growing. Wow, those are some winning Dyken stats for Houston. Sounds like they're one of our biggest fans. On three, two, one, Dyken! Air intelligence! At NFL Network, we're here for Thursday and the Battle of the Buckeye State. I woke up feeling dangerous. We're here for number one pick against number one pick. For AJ and OBJ. For warp speed and sheer power. What a catch. For an old rivalry in a new era. We're here for Thursday. Bengals, Browns, Thursday night football. Thursday at 8, only on NFL Network. What makes Ford F-Series the best in Texas? Just listen to the folks who drive them. Ford is by far ahead of any other competitor out there. The technology that they put in the trucks, it's incredible. I love it as a family vehicle. I love the size and the space for my daughter. If you want reliable, dependable, and a good-looking truck, Ford's the way to go. I want to drive the leader. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks and the best in Texas. Ford is the best in Texas. With Reliant, there's a free electricity plan for every type of person. Are you a weekend warrior? Well, we've got truly free weekends. Maybe you're a night owl. Well, we've got truly free nights. Say you're a free spirit. We've got truly free seven days. Pick your free and get a Google Nest Hub on us. All you got to do is call 1-866-RELIANT or visit Reliant.com. Reliant, that's power. Your way. Google and Google Nest Hub are trademarks of Google LLC. Reliant, UCT number 10007. The Ravens blew up the Browns. One hand catch for the touchdown. 38 to 6. And the scariest part? They've added more weapons. What a great day for Ravens rookies. On both sides of the ball. Patrick Queen on defense. Dobbins on offense. Their first two draft picks accounted for eight tackles, a forced fumble, and a sack. Along with two TDs. Touchdown, J.K. Dobbins. The Ravens are coming in hot. And we'll tell you what you need to know all week long. Insider Access. Exclusive content. Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points. Saturday nights at 1030 or after the late local news on ABC 13. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. It's time to go behind enemy sidelines. I love doing this at this point of the week because we're really diving in to the Ravens for really kind of the first time. 
typically Monday night from the 6 to 7 hour, we start looking ahead a little bit, Mark and I do. But Wednesday is when we really start to get into it a little bit more. And then Friday, we are full on. We're in it. My keys to the game. We talked to OB. We got a lot of things going on. But we dive in on this Wednesday evening, going behind enemy sidelines. DP Sue does a great job with this. And each and every time we play the Ravens, this is one of the better guys you're going to find that covers the NFL, covers the Ravens for the Athletic. Jeff Zriebeck sat down with DP City to talk about this 1-0 Baltimore Ravens squad. DP? Jeff, this is the first time I'm actually seeing you face-to-face. <laughs> we usually chat via radio. How's it going today? Obviously, the Ravens are an exciting team to cover, but how's everything going for you so far? It's good. It's good. I mean, this is different. You know, it's it's everything. Uh, everything about it is different. You know, how you have to cover the team, how you have to approach writing stories. Um, but, you know, just speaking for myself, just to be able to watch an actual football game and, and be in the stadium this past Sunday, uh, it brings back the norm a little bit. I know we're far from the norm uh, quite yet, but it was nice to be able to watch a football game and, and uh, just to be able to do your job like you want to do it. Well, obviously, I was at home because the Texans played Thursday night. I got to see yeah. a little bit of that Ravens win 38-6 to over the Cleveland Browns. I'll get to that in a minute. But first, let's, let's talk about this offseason because we saw what the Ravens were capable of last year. There were a lot of high expectations for them heading into the playoffs. They get the first run by, then obviously they lose to the Titans. What was the offseason like for Lamar Jackson, for this Ravens team? What was sort of the attitude surrounding the team heading into 2020? Yeah, that one took a little while for them to get over. I, I mean, they had passed every test during the regular season, won the, uh, you know, they were 2-2 two and two at one point. So they won 14 straight games to close the regular season, set all sorts of team and league records in the process, had waited a long time to, to win that, that AFC North and, and get the, the bye and, and the home field playoff game. And they just didn't show up. I mean, they were beaten by a, uh, a Titans team that was uh, much better that day, you know, outplayed, outcoached, out physical, out pretty much everything. And, and you know, there's not a lot to do you can do uh, to make excuses. They just got it taken to them and they got beat on their home field. And, and it was a bitter pill to swallow, especially since they patterned themselves, you know, they patterned themselves as a real physical, you know, set the tone team. And the fact is the Titans came in and did that to them on their home field. So it was a long uh, couple months. And, and then obviously we had the, the quarantine and all that. Lamar Jackson was in Florida, didn't get to throw to his receivers as much as he would have liked. And, uh, but, you know, they, they came back Sunday and they looked like they were prepared. You know, it looked like a pretty prepared uh, team that uh, did what they were supposed to do in the limited time. And, you know, that's the thing. Um, you know, Texans were talking about that for a while with Deshaun Watson. You know, how long is the window open when you have a quarterback on his rookie deal? And, um, Lamar Jackson's on his rookie deal now, uh, which allows them to keep a pretty deep roster. Um, so I think there's definitely a sense of urgency heading into this year, especially after losing two straight playoff games in their home field in back-to-back years. Well, I remember the MVP chance last year when the Texans were up at M&T Stadium. And this year, Lamar Jackson looks just as good as, as advertised, if not better, heading into year three. Let's get into this week's next-gen stat presented by AWS. Lamar Jackson had the best passer rating of all QBs that played in week one, 152.1. That's almost a perfect passer rating. He was ahead of Russell Wilson and Gardner Minshew. Both of those quarterbacks also put up big, big numbers. 
So let's talk about Lamar Jackson now heading into year three. After seeing that week one performance, I know it's early, but is he better than he was even last year? Are we going to see even more passing from Lamar Jackson than, than running? Yeah, well, I think two things. One, he called this mostly a mental offseason for himself. Um, he wanted to learn the nuances of the quarterback quarterback position better. He wanted to study the Ravens offense, study what defenses were doing to him. He said he watched a ton of film this offseason. You know, he was inside for most of it and and really tried to use the time to to study his own game and get better at the quarterback position. Um, you know the athletic tools are going to be there, um, and I think we saw that uh, Sunday. He just he just looked very he just looked very comfortable and confident in everything he you know he did. And now you know he was only the second unanimous MVP in league history last year, so it's going to be tough to go up in terms of performance. But if you just look at just how he conducted himself, how he ran the game, um, you know he's at his best when he's doing some improvising and running around a little bit but he was just so in control of everything and I think that was the biggest takeaway uh, just the command he had of the offense and everything he's doing but in your other part of your question is very true you know the the question still exists with the Ravens if you stop their running game or if you get an early lead on them uh, can they beat you? You know, can they come back? Are they prolific enough in the passing game to come back uh, and, and win, especially in a big game? And and the Titans lost further, you know, uh, you know, it, it made the skeptics even more confident that they can't. Um, but the Ravens have tried to evolve a little offensively. Uh, they want to, you know, throw the ball a little more, challenge teams more downfield. Uh, and uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, so far so good. It, they they threw a ton downfield against the Browns. And part of that was because the Browns secondary was kind of depleted. But um, I think you will see them try to establish the pass more and take more big shots down the field. And that's definitely something they've spent a lot of time in the summer when they got together working on. Well, a lot of those downfield shots were very uh, very much due to the fact that Hollywood Brown was out there on the field. What's the buzz been surrounding him this offseason? I feel like even I heard down here in Houston <laughs> about his offseason and all the workouts that he did and how he's healthy again. How does that change what he's able to do this year, what he was able to do in the offseason? The, yeah, the, the, in Baltimore, the quest to have like a young – uh, number one type receiver in his prime. It, it's gone on forever. I mean, they've never really had that guy. You know, Torrey Smith had a good run, um, but all their receivers have mostly been veteran guys that they've picked up later in their careers, the Steve Smiths and the Anquan Boldens and the Derek Masons. Um, this is a homegrown guy that they really believe in. And I think the biggest key for Marquise Brown was just healthy. I mean, last year you look at his rookie numbers, pretty good, um, you know, decent, but he, you know, he really didn't practice much. He didn't have much of a training camp and he had a screw in his foot. He was still getting over foot surgery and he was probably at 50% at best. So when you, when you think of those things and then you look at his numbers, you're like, okay, you know, that, that's pretty good. But this offseason, he was healthier. I mean, there was times last year where his weight got as low as like 165 to play receiver in the NFL. So he put on more weight and more muscle, and he hasn't really lost any speed. Um, and, you know, he had over 100 yards receiving in the first half. Uh, Sunday, the Ravens didn't throw the ball a ton after that. But he definitely seems like he could be emerging as the type of number one receiver uh, that they've long tried to develop. Well, we obviously have seen what Mark Andrews can do. The Texans saw him up close last year. He was four for four, 75 yards, a touchdown. 
and he delivered in week one with two touchdowns. What makes that tight end so hard to cover for opposing defenses? Just, uh, first of all, he's very good hands. I mean, it's the type of situation where uh, Lamar Jackson never feels like he's covered. Even when he does have a guy around him, uh, Jackson feels like his rapport with Andrews and the chemistry he has is good enough where if Jackson gets the ball in a certain place, it's going to be caught. And, and more often than not, that's been the, the result. Um, there was a play against the Browns where th- there's no reason he should have thrown the ball, and yet it was a big third-down conversion. They picked up 20-something yards. But the other thing is Andrew just has a really – he doesn't really wow you with his speed and his physicality or any of that. He's just one of these guys that has a really good idea on how to run routes and how to get open and where to be when the quarterback needs him. And, and Lamar Jackson trusts him implicitly. Um, and, you know, Andrews is a motivated guy. He talked all off season how he wants to kind of join that group of the Kittles and, you know, and, and the um, Travis Kelsey's and become one of the top tight ends in the league. Um, he led them all. He led all tight ends and touchdowns last year. He already has two this year. So I think he's another ascending player uh, that you're going to see as kind of as long as he stays healthy as kind of a pro perennial pro bowl player. Well, the Texans are going to face Calais Campbell, a guy that they're very familiar with from his days with Jacksonville. A big move for the the Ravens this offseason to get him on their defense. How does he make an impact? How does he change things? Obviously, Ravens love to blitz, and they'll they'll get to do that with Calais, but how has he fit in so far with that Ravens defense? Oh, he's fitting great. You know, first of all, from a leadership standpoint, I mean, we're talking about the Walter Payton Man of the Year. So uh, just from a professional class standpoint, during a very difficult offseason, he was a great guy to have around, um, you know, already become a leader in the room. From a football standpoint, you know, the Ravens' reputation has always been this up-tempo, get-after-the-quarterback defense. But kind of the reality is, like last year, they blitzed more than any team in NFL history because they really couldn't generate a pass rush with their front four, you know. And they haven't had kind of that, that interior pass rusher that you know gets in early and I'm not talking about edge guy like a Suggs but I'm talking about that interior guy and and Clay's Campbell's obviously that guy um so he should really upgrade really help him with the pass rush got his hands on I think three balls already in in the week one and one of them was intercepted um you know so he's a guy that opposing teams have to deal with uh you know and the Ravens have kind of lacked that interior pass rushing presence One thing that the Browns did not struggle with last week in their loss was running the ball. They were able to run the ball 138 yards on the ground. How much of a concern is that for this Ravens defense moving forward? Yeah, well, they better figure it out because, man, was I impressed with Johnson. You know, I think uh, you have to feel good for him, too, with all the stuff said about that deal and all that. For him to come out and look like that, that's that's very impressive. Um, He looked very much like he did in in Arizona all those years before the injuries, but – the the Ravens have always prided themselves on stopping the run. Didn't do it at times last year, and they sort of revamped that whole defensive front seven. I mean, there's four new starters in there. Um, but two of the guys, they're two starting inside linebackers are rookies. So, you know, you're going to get a learning curve there. I mean, those guys are, are going to give up some plays, miss some assignments. Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison are both talented players. But I think they understand – you know, that they're going to make some mistakes and they're just going to have to play through them. And we saw the, we saw Harrison bust uh, assignment on, on one of the, I think it was a 30 yard run by Chubb, you know, and that that's going to be, there's going to give up some yards, but they are pretty stout up front. 
Um, and they, you know, they, the Browns also have two very good backs. So that, that there's no, no shame in giving up some yards to them, but that's something they're going to have to get solidified because when their defense was vulnerable last year, it was when they were allowing teams to run on. Well, that Ravens secondary is something that they're even talking about down here in Houston already here in week two. How do you foresee them matching up? They, they forced three turnovers last week against the Browns, two in the first two possessions, but this week they're going to go up against some speedy wideouts and Will Fuller. Uh, Kenny Stills and Brandon Cooks. What, what do you think of those matchups this week for the Ravens secondary? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's definitely a good matchup. And, um, you know, the Ravens, unlike other teams, it, Matt, Matthew Judon's on the franchise tag, but the Ravens have spent a lot of assets on building that secondary. Um, you know, Mar- Marcus Peters is they traded for and then paid. Um, obviously we all know what happened to Earl Thomas, that, that kind of went belly up. They've already, the other safety they've extended, um, you know, Marlon Humphrey's a first round pick who's about to get paid. So, uh, they kind of built that defense from the back to the front. Um, and they like that. They like, you know, their options in any matchup. I mean, they have four cornerbacks who they feel comfortable marking the other team's, uh, top receiver. I'd throw Tavon Young, who's their slot guy, and Jimmy Smith, who's been their longtime number one corner, is now their number four. I'd throw those two in the mix, too. So, uh, you know, with the speed the Texans have, and, you know, I, I, I love Deshaun Watson. When he played in Baltimore last year, I hadn't seen him struggle too much like that. So I think they realize that there's no way that's going to happen another time against them. So uh, they're definitely going to have to be sharp and, and they're, know their assignments and, 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 you know, make sure those guys don't get behind them because their safety group is pretty young and inexperienced. Browns didn't really take any shots deep, which surprised me. I don't think the Texans will make that same mistake. I think they'll try to challenge the Ravens' young safeties. All right, Jeff, what storylines are you working on for the Ravens this week? Well, one is, you know, it's interesting with the Texans, the kind of the parallels, you know, the Texans signed Deshaun Watson to a long-term deal. They signed Laramie Tunsil not too long ago to a long-term deal. They have a couple other really, you know, quality veterans that they've locked up and, Ravens are sort of going to have to, uh, you know, follow suit with similar things. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's going to get paid, and it's going to be pretty soon. Um, you know, their their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, is another guy who's going to, you know, may challenge Tunsil's the highest paid tackle in the league. So I was going to look a little bit at, you know, how they're going to have to follow in the Texans' footsteps a little bit and how the Texans have managed these contracts and prioritize keeping sort of got, you know, keeping some guys. And, and that's sort of interesting. And, and another thing is, you know, just given – were the with the Texans some of the Texans strengths obviously you can't talk with them without JJ Watt um the Ravens struggled a little on their offensive line and, and they expected that um you have a, a rookie starting at right guard who played tackle in in college and he first game in the NFL he's not only starting he's playing a different position that's a question mark their center tours ACL MCL and PCL nine and a half months ago and yet he's starting already so he's not back to full strength so I think that's something I'd have to look at this week to see how they're going to deal with the Texans front and specifically Watt, uh, judging, uh, you know, with the question marks they do have along the interior of their own offensive line. Tremendous stuff there from both DP and Jeff Zriebeck covering the Ravens for the Athletic. And he's covered them, I believe, what, almost 20 years, maybe more. Uh, He does a tremendous job there in Baltimore covering that football team and the NFL. Okay, when we get back, It's good friend of the program, Kevin Kugler. You're like, wait a second, I know that name. 
Well, when we had preseason games, Kevin was our preseason TV play-by-play guy, one of the best guys you're going to find. And we happened to run into him on Thursday night because he was right next door to our radio booth calling the Texans-Chiefs game for Westwood One Radio. The two radio play-by-play voices, Mark Vandermeer and Kevin Kugler, next right here on Texans All Access. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near-zero lag. And it's not just fast. It's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on. Only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data Q2 2020. Love getting prices that are lower than low on backyard favorites like grill ready hamburgers and fresh picked strawberries? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, plus rewards like fuel points, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Brookside Equipment Sales Equipment's our middle name. You owe it to yourself to visit Brookside Equipment. Brookside is your top dealer for everything John Deere. And we're blowing out the competition with hundreds off gators and thousands off tractors, all with great finance offers. Brookside, 45 years with the best deals and treating customers right. Nine locations and now in Conroe. BrooksideUSA.com. At Brookside Equipment Sales, we're tough enough to cut it. Here at Academy Sports and Outdoors, we want everyone to stay safe while doing more of what they love. So whether you're planning a fishing trip, heading out for a run, prepping your lease, or playing sports in the backyard, we have all the gear you need to enjoy more sports and outdoors, all at prices you'll love. And with curbside pickup available, it's never been easier to shop all our brands in-store and online at academy.com. Because whatever you love doing, we're here to help you have more fun out there. As a leading global resources company, BHP helps provide the energy fueling economic growth. Here in Houston, this effort is coupled with a commitment to the community. Each year, we donate millions of dollars and thousands of volunteer hours to programs that promote childhood literacy, improve health and well-being, and enhance the quality of life for all Houstonians. The Texans supply the energy on the field. BHP helps supply the energy everywhere else. More Texans Radio is on the way. It's the classic dilemma at Whataburger. You pick up your patty melt with two fresh all-beef patties, melted Monterey Jack cheese, grilled onions, and creamy pepper sauce. And just when you're about to dig into Whataburger's take on this all-time classic, someone utters the dreaded words. Can I have a bite? Should you? Shouldn't you? Maybe you just take a big bite so you don't have to answer. Good thing that dilemma's over. Good thing there's the patty melt at Whataburger. 
The Ravens blew up the Browns. One hand catch for the touchdown. 38 to 6. And the scariest part? They've added more weapons. What a great day for Ravens rookies. On both sides of the ball. Patrick Queen on defense. Dobbins on offense. Their first two draft picks accounted for eight tackles, a forced fumble, and a sack. Along with two TDs. Touchdown, J.K. Dobbins. The Ravens are coming in hot. And we'll tell you what you need to know all week long. Insider Access. Exclusive content. Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. This summer, hurry into Mattress Firm where you can save up to $500 when you get a king mattress for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases of $699. And save up to 50% on select mattresses from our top-rated brands like Beautyrest, Serta, Sealy, and more. Shop in-store, online, or by phone today. Hurry in, only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only and while supplies last. Some products only available online. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Red Diamond knows perfect's not easy. Our karaoke skills, at least we have our day jobs. Our family photo, take number 82. Even our radio commercial has the occasional glitch. So we'll stick to what we have perfected, our Red Diamond tea. No shortcuts, no concentrates. Perfectly crafted from actual tea leaves and water. After all, at Red Diamond, we think tea should taste like, well, tea. Red Diamond, we're perfect at tea. The tradition of postseason college football continues deep in the heart of Houston with a 2020 Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium as the Big 12 takes on the SEC. Be a part of the electric atmosphere and unique Bowl Week events celebrating everything Houston has to offer. Sign up for the waitlist today at thetexasbowl.com to get exclusive pre-sale access, the latest event updates, ticket deals, and more. That's thetexasbowl.com. Bowl.com. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points, Saturday nights at 10.30 or after the late local news on ABC 13. Last Thursday night when we were in Kansas City to take on the Chiefs right next door to our radio booth was the National Westwood One broadcast. Kurt Warner was doing the broadcast and it was supposed to be a different play-by-play man. But because there was an emergency of some sort, somebody had to step in, Kevin Kugler, our pal, stepped in, called that game for Westwood One, and then went out and called a game. He is new to the Fox TV broadcast this year in a permanent capacity, and I love, love seeing that for Kevin. He's one of the best guys in the business, not only from a talent perspective, but just as a human being. I absolutely love Kevin Kugler, and he spent some time talking with our voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Here are the men behind the mics. Mark Vandermeer with Kevin Kugler. Joining us right now at Texans Radio, it's Kevin Kugler of Fox Sports NFL coverage, Westwood One, Big Ten Network. You're still with the Big Ten Network, right, Kevin? I, I assume so, yes. Once the Big Ten gets <laughs> back, I think I'll still do basketball games and the like with them as well. Oh, that's got to be so frustrating because some of college football is playing and a lot of college football is not playing, and it's very confusing to me on a Saturday. Uh, how are you handling that part of it? We'll get to the NFL in a moment. You know, it's um, it's better this year now that I have the Fox gig on the regular basis, um, so that helps. Uh, I wasn't sure before that came up what I was going to be doing with my weekends, most weekends, yeah. other than doing a game on Westwood One, so I'm 
I, uh, it is, it's very odd though. You know, it's just strange to see the Big 12 playing and the ACC playing and soon the SEC will be playing. And, you know, there's, there's talk every day. Is the Big 10 going to come back? Is the Big 10 going to come back? I think they're going to. Um, I would guess October 17 is when they will start college football again. That's a, a guess. I have no, nobody's calling, tell me anything. That's just my guess based on what I read, but it is, it's, it's a, it's a head scratcher. I mean, you want to see them try. As, if you're a Big Ten fan, I think you want to see them try like the SEC is and the Big 12 is and the ACC, knowing you're going to have hiccups because, again, you're playing football in a pandemic. Right. So what has traveling been like for you? Just a little lifestyle stuff here. And what is the pandemic like right now? And you're in Omaha, right? So yeah. what is it like where you live and, and how was it traveling to Kansas City and to San Francisco last week? You know, the travel is, is okay. I mean, there aren't as many flights. That's one of the big challenges. Um, it's just, there's just not as many flight options because airlines have cut so many routes down because they just don't have the passenger load right now. So it's a, it's a little more of a, a patience thing. You have to take some flights that, you know, maybe you didn't want to take when I came back from San Francisco. I took a 5 a.m. flight, not necessarily my first choice, but it was what was there. So that's what I took. Um, as far as where we are in Omaha, the pandemic is we're we're in pretty good shape here. It's it's just sort of hovered at a certain level. It's never really spiked to large levels. Now in Lincoln, where the University of Nebraska is, they've had the same situation as most college campuses when they brought kids back. They had a spike in cases. Uh, doesn't appear to have translated to hospitalizations or anything like that, fortunately yet. But it's the same situation there. Their cases are up here in Omaha. We're in pretty good shape. My kids are in school. Uh, full time, 100% of the time in class. Football games are happening up here with fans in the stands. Um, so it's, it's as close to normal as we've felt in quite a while. Oh, that's great news. Great news. Okay. So let's talk about the Texans. You saw the Texans against Kansas City. You know the Texans well, having do, done preseason games for a long time. Obviously, we didn't have any this year. Uh, and it was not a good performance on Thursday night. But what are your thoughts moving forward as you look at the Texans team? They're going to play the Ravens this Sunday. Yeah, and I think there's there's obviously a lot to build on, especially offensively. I mean, look, Deshaun's awesome. I thought David Johnson did some very nice things in his first game. He looked like he had some of the burst and the cut ability that I have seen with him. Over the years in this league, I was pleased for the Texans to see that he looked as good as he did. You've just got to find a little bit more consistency. And look, I, I, maybe I'm biased because I spend time doing preseason games with you guys, but I, I've thought this all weekend long watching games, the game I called on Sunday with San Francisco and Arizona, games we watched during the day on Sunday and even Monday's games. I think the lack of a preseason has hurt in certain areas, and we've seen it manifest itself in the first week of the NFL season. Just some little things, routes that are run, some sharpness that may have been found if you'd had a couple of preseason games. And I think that's got to reflect in what they do moving forward. I, I don't believe coaches are going to say, you know, oh, we'd rather have no preseason games. I, I think you need at least a couple of those games to try to iron out some of the things in actual game speed that we saw out on the field this weekend starting on Thursday night in Kansas City. What about the Chiefs? They look good to go, huh? And they have that Clyde Edwards-Alaire rookie doing what he did. They are a juggernaut right now. 
Uh, it's as if Andy Reid needed another toy, Mark. I mean, and then you give him a, a rookie like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he goes out and rushes for 138 yards and looked like a combination of power back and Barry Sanders all wrapped up into one. I mean, his his smoothness as a rookie was impressive. Their offensive line, I think, is very good, and it's going to get better. Uh, I mean, and you hardly saw Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's a guy who's going to be a huge weapon for them going forward. And they didn't even need him as much. That's a that's a very, very good team. And, and we knew it would be because the teams that brought back the most coming into the season, I really felt like they had a, a bit of an advantage, especially early this year. And, and Kansas City really brought back everybody. And I think they got better at running back with their first-round draft pick. So you take the Super Bowl champs and you make them a little bit better – it's not hard to figure out they're going to be pretty good in week one. That That's a tough matchup for any team, especially the Texans going on the road in week one with fans in the stands, tailgating in the parking lot. It was That's as close as we're going to get to normal in the NFL for a while, too, is what we saw in Kansas City with fans and tailgating on, uh, on Thursday night. Kevin Kugler, Fox Sports NFL coverage, Westwood One, Big Ten Network, joining us on Texans Radio. Okay, so you went to San Francisco, or Santa Clara, I should be exact yes. here. Uh, and first of all, the air quality. We saw the images. What was it like being there for the 49ers and Cardinals, just the, the fires and, and all of that backdrop? It was it was a constant haze, just this low – it was almost like you were in London with that low-lying fog that will roll in. If you're in the Bay Area on any normal day, it's that low-lying fog, but it wasn't fog. It was haze. And when we went to bed Saturday night, I thought it was at best a 50-50 chance we were going to play that game. There was a lot of talk coming out late Saturday night that the game was not going to be played because Ooh. the air quality was going to spike. The wind changed overnight, and we actually had a much better situation than we had thought going in on Saturday night. So we were very pleased with that. Obviously got the game in. I, I was glad to see the air better because, you know, you had guys like Tevin Coleman who has the sickle cell trait and is very hampered by bad air. We weren't sure we were going to see him. We did see him on the field. He played a little for the San Francisco mm-hmm. 49ers, but it was a tough, tough test for these guys to play in that air. They were able to do so. Thankfully, from what I've heard, no dire consequences as a result of it. But it was a touch-and-go moment on Saturday night before the game. So they had no fans, right, at Levi Stadium. Yeah. No, so what no was fans. it like? Kansas City, I thought, and and correct me if um or you know, see see if you can corroborate with this. I thought it 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 did feel like a game. It, it, the fans were spread out, but at least there was a buzz there in the building. The fans reacted. They made noise, actually. I mean, that many people can make some noise. Uh, how was that compared to Levi Stadium and no fans? I 100% agree with your Kansas City assessment. When I walked out of the car in the parking lot and you smell the grills going and people are throwing the football around in the parking lot, not as many as you would have, obviously, on a normal day in Kansas City. But I thought, okay, this feels like football. This looks like football. This has that feel to it. Let's go. Get inside. Fans in the stands. You know, they have the fake noise. They did not make fake booing noise. So when the (laughs) officials were getting booed, that was the actual sound from the crowd. Uh, And so I was – it did feel like a football game. Sunday was difficult. I mean, it's just – it is very different to not have fans in a building. And it's different when you're calling a game as a play-by-play guy. You know this. We feed off the crowd, and we use the crowd in our calls. If the Mm -hmm. crowd is making a lot of racket, we kind of stop what we're doing to let the crowd in a little bit. And 
you know, there's a 76-yard touchdown pass to Raheem Mostert. Normally on that, especially on TV, I would stop and let the crowd in and the shots of the crowd. Well, you can't do that. So if you lay out, it sounds like you've just decided not to talk for a while and or you've fallen asleep or something. So it was it was a different situation from that standpoint. And I I think the game on the field was was good. I, I think the football weekend in empty stadiums was good. And I think TV did a good job of making sure that people watching at home didn't feel like it was really weird, but it's just some of the natural crowd reactions that you miss that you can't make with fake crowd noise. And those are the things that you notice when you watch an old game that you miss when you're watching games like this right now. Yeah. I feel like 75% of it is still legit when you're watching the screen and you see the action on the field and you don't see the stands and you hear noise it as a tv show it still works is that your thought when you view this i i agree with you as a tv show it works when you're when i was sitting on the couch last night watching monday night football my thought was okay this doesn't really feel that different because other than a director going and taking random crowd shots of some guy in the crowd with a goofy hat or a sign or something like that you don't, you don't, you, you're not doing that now because you don't have that crowd shot. But with the background noise, and say you walk into the kitchen to get a beverage and the game's on behind you, it doesn't sound any different to you when you walk out of the room. You hear the, the din of the crowd, as not real as that is. You hear the announcers, you hear the action, the, the smack of the pads. All that seems to be real still because it is real. I mean, all that's happening. And uh, I, I don't, as a TV show, I think it 100% works, and look, I'm biased. As a radio broadcaster, I, I thought it worked on radio, too. I mean, I really do think yeah. doing it on the radio doesn't sound a whole lot different to somebody who's driving around listening to the game. All right, what did you think of the Cardinals? Because that was an impressive win on the road, and I still think being the road team is a disadvantage, uh, no matter what the situation is, fans or no fans. Uh, but Murray, obviously I did notice DeAndre Hopkins in that game a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> And so, but it was a tremendous effort by them to beat the defending NFC champions. It it really was. And I was impressed with Arizona. I think Kyler Murray's taken a nice step from year one to year two in his reads, his progressions. Now, look, you and I both know this. Having DeAndre Hopkins on your team helps you. And it helps a young quarterback because we saw it several times with Kyler this weekend. Throw the ball in his general vicinity. He's going to catch the football. And that's what DeAndre Hopkins did, 14 catches uh, against San Francisco. Larry Fitzgerald had several big catches as well to help out his young quarterback. And how many times have we seen that in Larry Fitzgerald's career? I mean, my gosh, the guy just keeps going. He's like the, the energizer bunny as a football player, just keeps going and going and going. And I thought he looked really good this weekend. They're a better team. That division is, in my mind, the best division in football right now. Arizona could be a, you know, I've seen projections with them as many as 10 wins. If they're, if they have 10 wins this year, they're probably a playoff contender. Seattle obviously is a playoff contender. I don't think anybody's writing off San Francisco because of the way this first game went. And don't forget the Los Angeles Rams. So, I mean, that's, those are four really good teams in that division. Arizona's probably still behind the field, but they've taken big strides. Kenyon Drake is going to be a big addition to them for a full year as opposed to coming over midseason last year. I think their defense is better. That's the team to keep an eye on. And I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. Cliff Kingsbury is a fun play caller. 
And right. Kyler Murray is going to do some ridiculous things with his legs and his arm in the course of his second year. And I think Kingsbury has the fans' favorite coach's house based on the images yes. we saw during the draft. I mean, my goodness. That's like every every young guy's dream. Every guy's dream, never mind that. Yeah, young, old, or in between. Any of us yeah. look at that house and think, well, come on, I'm not living there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's great. Okay, uh, who do you have this weekend on radio and on Fox? Only only TV this week. Uh, no radio game for me, so I'm I'm only uh, I'm only the TV guy this week. We've got Rams Eagles on Sunday noon Central Time on Fox. I, I'm I don't know where it's going to air yet, but um, nice matchup. Eagles have to figure out a way to not allow eight sacks this week, mm-hmm. and that's a daunting task because I'm pretty sure I haven't finished my prep yet, but I'm pretty sure Aaron Donald is an awfully good pass rusher. <laughs> And yeah. he's on the other side of that Eagles offensive line. So not going to be an easy task for uh, for the Eagles this week against the Rams, who come in feeling pretty good off of their Sunday night win and see if they can go 2-0 and and continue to bolster up that division in the NFC West. More surprising to you, the Washington team defeating the Eagles or the Jacksonville Jaguars defeating the Indianapolis Colts? Well, you know, that's a good question. I, the Jaguars, I think, surprised me a little bit more only because – Washington's defensive line, I think, is a real good – yeah. getting Chase Young on that, that makes them so much better. Chase Young is just a stud, and you knew he was going to have an immediate impact and did. Um, Jacksonville's win was surprising to me. Um, I was not necessarily expecting that. I was not expecting them to make some of the plays that they did in that game. We watched some of that game up in the press box on Sunday, and that was maybe my most surprised face when I saw the results of a game. I, I did not expect Jacksonville to come out of there with a win against Indianapolis. All right, Kevin. Well, thanks so much for the time. Have fun this weekend with the Eagles and the Rams, and we appreciate it as always. Thanks, Mark. Good to talk with you. You know, when they started talking about the Big Ten football coming back, Kevin was right on October 17th. This was actually a day or two before the Big Ten made its decision today that – they would try and come back, that they're, that they're going to come back. I say try. We've, we've seen teams struggle to get games done because of COVID, et cetera. But the Big Ten, with the new daily testing that they're going to be able to do, felt more confident in coming back. We'll see if the Pac-12 follows suit. But mid-October, it looks like the Big Ten will be trying to come back, trying to get an eight-game conference schedule and then a plus one at some point. So it'll be kind of interesting, but Kevin hit right on it. He nailed it. Exactly what was going to happen. October 17th is the target date, uh, and I'm glad it's going to happen for the Big Ten. But love Kevin. Love listening to him on Big Ten games on Westwood One Sunday nights. I mean, he's just he's the best. I mean, he's just a great, great guy as well. Now, another great guy is Mark Vandermeer. He's going to join me at the top of the second hour. And we're going to dive into what we saw from the AFC South and where the Texans fit in it. We'll do that next right here in Texans All Access. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. My name is Dean Grant of Resolute Oil. We were poised for significant growth in 2020. When the pandemic hit, it stopped us in our tracks, derailed us. We spoke with Amogee right away because we believed in Amogee and believed that they would come up with the best solution available. Without Amogee Bank, we would not be in business today. They make you feel, they make you feel important. We're, we're an Amogee Bank customer for life. Amogee Bank, 
a division of Zions Bank Corporation N.A., member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. Today tastes like game day at home, like assigned couch seating. <laughs> tastes like coffee table dining and an ice-cold Coke to cool down the heat. It tastes like the game you've waited for all week with friends you've known your whole life. <laughs> Today tastes like watching football is supposed to. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. Teachers and parents, are you looking for educational resources to keep your students engaged at home during this challenging time? The Houston Texans, Toro, and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all the while having some fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the COVID-19 resources page and run your kids through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! At Mustang Cat, we understand that the work never ends. As the Caterpillar dealer for Southeast Texas, we deliver the equipment, service, parts, and rentals you need to keep doing the work. For a limited time, Mustang Cat is offering 0% financing with no money down on all compact equipment. Learn more at MustangCat.com or call us at 888-MYCAT20. Mustang Cat, building Texas, powering the world. The first day of owning a new car is amazing. Fast forward to day 90, and if you own a Hyundai Tucson, it's still just as amazing. Which is why J.D. Power ranked it number one in initial quality amongst all 2020 compact SUVs. The Hyundai Tucson, a great deal more than just a great deal. Now get 0% APR for up to 72 months on the Tucson. Hurry to your Houston Hyundai dealer. For well-qualified buyers only, offers end 916 20 Call 469-613-0227 for complete details. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, go to jdpower.com awards. The tradition of postseason college football continues deep in the heart of Houston with a 2020 Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium as the Big 12 takes on the SEC. Be a part of the electric atmosphere and unique Bowl Week events celebrating everything Houston has to offer. Sign up for the wait list today at thetexasbowl.com to get exclusive pre-sale access, the latest event updates, ticket deals, and more. That's thetexasbowl.com. Lots more to break down. He's in. Touchdown, Houston. Next on Texans Radio. Welcome to Louisiana's largest casino resort. Come to Cachata Casino Resort and play the largest gaming floor in the Lake Charles area with thousands of the newest, most exciting slots, over 65 table games, live bingo and off-track betting, plus beautiful hotels, award-winning cuisine, and the number one rated golf course in Louisiana. Experience good old Louisiana hospitality Cachata style at Cachata Casino Resort, Louisiana's best bet. From kickoff to the two-minute warning, HEB has all you need to make your game day spread a touchdown. For the starting lineup, HEB's freshly made guacamole and salsas are a delicious play. And for meat lovers, HEB Prime One steaks and burgers are a sizzling way to get your grill on. Plus, pick up the extras like HEB's our finest paper towels, Texas tough trash bags, and foil. From food to snacks to defensive sacks, home gating is a win with HEB. Hey, Houston, this is Keith here from Papa John's Pizza. And did you know that I am the number one Texans fan in the city? Well, probably one of many. But you know what? We've been a sponsor of the Houston Texans now 
for almost 20 years. The official pizza of the Houston Texans is Papa John's. And now when the Texans win, and they will, the very next day, order pizzas and you'll get half off. That's right, 50% off your pizza order the day after the Texans win. So come on, Texans, win a lot. Better ingredients, better pizza, the best football, Papa John's Houston. Texans fans, the 2020 NFL season is finally here and the race to Super Bowl 55 in Tampa is officially underway. Be there when it all ends with an official Super Bowl 55 ticket package from NFL on location. The official hospation, the official hospation, the official hospation. Here's the snap, looking, flips the ball, diving for the pylon, and he's got it! Razzle-dazzle, touchdown, Houston! And the Texans go in front! Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Ball is out. The Texans say they have it, and they do! Now, it's Texans All Access. Welcome back to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, alongside the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, I know we're not in the same location, but it is good to catch up with you. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Johnny. You know, I feel like, all right, here it is, week two. You know, it was funny to have the weekend off and digest some other football action. But, you know, now that you're in a Wednesday routine, regular game week routine, it feels good. It feels almost like, dare I say, normal. All right, let's not get crazy. (laughs) Yeah, don't go to the normal card just yet. Just yet. We'll we'll get there eventually. Um, And we're going to talk about the FC South. But I do have to get your thoughts because I know you talked with Kevin Kugler and I was able to play that interview earlier. And I think you talked to him a couple days ago, but he hit it right on the nose about the Big Ten football coming back and being back October. I'm glad for the Big Ten. I'm glad for the Big Ten players. I'm glad for the schools that they get football back. But my gosh, did they screw this up. I don't understand how they didn't just say, look, let's delay it. Let's delay it. Let's delay it. Let's let some of these other conferences be the guinea pigs, so to speak. And then we'll say, okay, yeah, everything looks good. Let's play it on this date. But instead they look sort of like, I don't want to say flip flopping fools, but it just, I'm glad it's back. I'll say that, but man, this thing couldn't have been handled any worse by the big 10. Yeah, and it's just such an odd time to start the season. You know, I'm glad for the kids that they get to play. And, Johnny, um, correct me if I'm wrong. It's just football, right? Are we talking about volleyball and some of the other fall sports coming back? I have not heard exactly if that's the case. I did read at one point it was going to be all fall sports, but I don't know if that's been confirmed. Yeah, I think that's important because I think, you know, you know, you played college sports, so you know – what that's like but a lot of people don't understand that you know if you're playing field hockey or anything else on a college campus the amount of work that goes into it and you want to be able to play I mean this is a year of your life uh, that you can't play that sport perhaps and I just think it's important for the kids that they get to play it's really crucial yeah absolutely I mean that opportunity I mean, look, you get four years. I mean, you get mm-hmm. five to play four, sometimes six, depending on, on injuries and red shirts, et cetera. So you don't have a ton of time. And the, the thing about this year is the NCAA has said, look, if you can play this year, you don't lose a year eligibility. 
So if you're a junior and look, if you don't have any, um, you know, idea of going to the NFL, you just 2021 becomes your junior year all over again. So it's going to be kind of interesting. And, and we'll see if some of these players that opted out that didn't sign with agents will go back to those universities um, in the big 10, but that was a good piece of news. Now, I don't know whether it was good news, bad news, but let's talk about the AFC South, Mark, because one week in, we've got two teams, 1-0, two teams, 0-1. We knew that it was going to be a split 1-0, 0-1 because the Colts are playing the Jags. So 30,000-foot view before we dive in kind of each team of the AFC South, because I have one thought that kept hitting me all the way through watching games Sunday, the Jags and the Colts, and then watching the Titans on Monday. Your 30,000-foot view of this division as it sits today. It's winnable. It's winnable for the Houston Texans. That's my 30,000-foot view and take. Uh, I was not overly impressed with anybody. I was happy for our friends who work in Jacksonville, who we know, and I know you know more people than I do down there, but you know, we talk about them from time to time. Uh, even though we want to crush them when we play them, I'm definitely <laughs> rooting for them against other AFC South teams, unless they're having a the kind of year they had in 2017 where they're running away with it almost. So I, I was very happy for, for them, and especially because they beat my most hated team ever, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Titans, I felt like Vic Fangio was leveling a personal attack on me late in the game the other night, the, the doubleheader capper when he wouldn't call timeout at the end of the game. And I'm just wondering, how does that even happen? Like, how is that even remotely possible? Yet it did. And a very winnable game for Denver slipped away. Tennessee is 1-0 along with the Jags. But I felt like, Johnny, this division, through one week, okay, it's anybody's division. And I know that teams get better, teams get worse, whatever. You hope you're one of the teams that gets better. But uh, – Nobody looked overly impressive to me in the division. That was my exact 30,000-foot view. When I watched the Titans on Monday night, that was the exact thought that I had. After watching Jags and Colts, I'm like, the Colts? Really? This, this, and and I'm, I'm sure they're sitting in those three cities going, well, man, look, the Texans look vulnerable. My goodness, look at, look at the Texans. They're probably feeling that same, that same way. But that was the exact feeling I had, and that was so many people have been picking the Colts, so many people picking the Titans – and I'm watching it going, holy cow, if we don't win the division, then, then something has gone wrong. Um, I think once we get our sea legs under us offensively and this defense tackles better than it did against Kansas City, I, I just look at those other teams and I'm like, Tannehill doesn't scare me at all. Minshew, I know he went, I know he completed 95% of his passes. Like that's a tremendous, he had a tremendous afternoon. But Mark, he just it was a bunch of checkdowns. It was a great throw to LaVisca Chenault, but it was just a little, a little juke route across the middle of the formation and across the middle of the field. I mean, there's not much there. He did hit DJ Chark on a great throw in the back of the end zone. And it's like when Minshew is at his best, he's A, creating, or B, he's just taking a little profit here, there, here, there, and then he'll hit one deep ball. And then you add it up, and it's like, well, he went 19 of 20, and had three touchdown passes, and he only had one incompletion. And I, I think that teams will adapt to him even more. I do think the Jags are better. And I think all those young guys, all those rookies, really made an impact for them. C.J. Henderson, it looked like, made an impact. But, Mark, I got to think that as the Colts are flying back, both 
Chris Ballard and Frank Reich were like, we can't throw the ball 48 times. We went and got this offensive line. We built this offensive line for a reason, and that was to stuff the ball down people's throats, and Phillips thrown it 48 times. Mark, I, I, that was astounding to me that they would allow that to happen. And I know Marlon Mack got hurt. They still have Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. I mean, I just don't understand where the Colts got off throwing 48 times. I, 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 I just did not understand that at yeah. all. Yeah, I think that – the Mac injury definitely contributed to that because Taylor is a rookie. He clearly, it wasn't like he was having a Clyde Edwards Alaire type afternoon. They did give the ball to him a few times. And then Naheem Hines obviously knows the offense. You know, this is a player who you feel very comfortable with out there. Blitz pickup, uh, being able to get you some yards on the ground, but just operating your offense, you feel very comfortable with Hines out there as opposed to the rookie. So the Mac injury made them thin in a hurry. We always talk about thin in a hurry as a possibility due to injury, and that's what happened to them. I mean, the Texans lost Duke Johnson the other night, but they had David Johnson, so that was good news. Yet he's still a new guy for them. But I'm with you. They want to run the ball. This Colts team is not designed to throw it that often. Yeah, you know you're going to be in some shootouts. The gunslinger is going to have to do his thing. But week one, it didn't work out. And I'm with you on the Minshew throws. However, yeah, those the deeper throws that you talked about, hitting Chark, hitting Cole, Cole running wide open in a cold secondary. That's my wide. goodness. What were you doing in, on that play? I was very, I was very encouraged by that, Johnny. Uh, uh, as far as the Indianapolis side of things goes. Yeah. So let's just see what happens. And Tennessee, they still look a lot like Tennessee. They're a hard-nosed, tough, physical team. Uh, Tannehill can make plays. The threat of Henry running is terrifying to a defense. So it opens up all sorts of things for Tannehill. And you just have to hope that somehow you can wear him down in the course of a game or at least neutralize him to the point where Tannehill has to beat you. The one thing I thought about Tennessee, I felt like they're running. I mean, Henry ended up with over 100 and I can't remember what he had, 118 yards or something. He ended up with over 100 yards. And, and, and look, I'll, I'll never, never in this league poo-poo over 100 yards. But it felt like times when he needed to pick up a few yards, especially down inside the 10-yard line. The Broncos, that defense got tough and, and slowed him down. And there were times where if they didn't let him get ahead of steam, they were really able to shut him down at times. But then there are times when he gets it rolling. The other thing was I really – I thought that the Titans with Clowney's – the addition of Clowney, that there would be a little bit more defensively. Not like scheme-wise, but – Boy, physically, you would go, oh, my goodness. I, I'm fearing for Deshaun's life with all they have on defense now. And meanwhile, Drew Locke really had opportunities to hit receivers whenever he wanted. I mean, he hits Jerry Judy right in the, in the hands, and he, and he drops it. I, I, think, I think that teams are going to be able to move the ball in the Titans. I think we'll be able to move the ball in the Titans. I think we'll be able to move the ball in all three of these defenses in the AFC South. I think we'll be able to do that. Now, our defense obviously has to face three different types of offenses, and we'll see what happens with the Colts offense, how it's going to develop. But I just feel like this division is – it's it's very winnable. And I know a lot of people will jump on the Titans. The the uh, power rankings I've seen all, all day long have been Titans in the top ten. I'm like, man, if you think the Titans are in the top ten – they didn't watch the game. They didn't they watch didn't the game. See it. Yeah, they didn't watch it. I mean, that's how I feel. 
Like, I, I'm not going to say they're a bad football team. They're not. This is no. a team that could certainly win the division. I mean, if we're looking up at the end of the year, they want it uh, more power to them, and it would not totally shock me. But I'm with you. The thing about Derrick Henry is you got to pay so much attention to him. And you know how sometimes we talk about the NFL, like every play is a car accident, right? I mean, that is a violent collision you are having with the running back, trying to slow him down, trying to stop him. I mean, it's a bludgeoning that you are taking. Even when you do stop him, it does take a toll on a defense. But you're right. The Jerry Judy drops. Now, I know he had that one amazing move. But the Judy drops, if he catches both of those balls, they win the game. It's not all his fault. Locke's got to play better. They all do. But it was that close the other night. Heck, it's a one-point game going into the final second. So I think that it is a beatable team. And, yeah, there were some so-called encouraging things. But, Johnny, I'll go here. You know what the division's like. And you know the Texans play the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West because they finished first and the Titans get the Broncos. So you had a chance the other night, if Denver won that game, to sort of steal one of those non-playing division finished in the same place slots, right? If the Broncos were able to upset the Titans, that would have been huge for you down the stretch. Well, you didn't get it, and you lost your game. You know, ultimately, you take care of business. You're going to be okay. But I love getting help, even in week one. I'm that guy. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm that guy as well. There's no question about that. Okay, we're going to cut it there. When we get back, Mark and I will play more likely to happen. Turning the tables, I will give the more likely to happen to Mark. We'll do that next on Texans All Access. I'm Bill O'Brien, and you're listening to Texans Radio. For all the latest news and videos on our favorite team, check out HoustonTexans.com. Even now, while we're distancing, your body needs to move. At Houston Methodist Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, our teams are ready with advanced technology and imaging to deliver custom treatment plans safely. And our minimally invasive procedures can help you heal faster. We have the expertise to keep you moving because every movement matters. Find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Lite in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting, we are Texans. You call it Miller time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The Houston Texans, Toro and NOV, have partnered with the Sam Houston Area Council of Boy Scouts of America to present Toro Takes the Bull Out of Bullying. Toro Takes the Bull Out of Bullying, presented by NOV, is an educational assembly about preventing bullying. This year, the Texans and NOV have created an anti-bullying patch for students in the Scout Reach program. Scouts who complete Toro's anti-bullying quiz on HoustonTexans.com will receive the patch. The Texans, NOV, and the Boy Scouts are proud to help stop bullying across Houston. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near-zero lag. And it's not just fast. It's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on. Only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 
25 times analysis by Ookla's Speed Test Intelligence Data Q2 2020. The tradition of postseason college football continues deep in the heart of Houston with the 2020 Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium. As the Big 12 takes on the SEC, be a part of the electric atmosphere and unique bowl week events celebrating everything Houston has to offer. Sign up for the wait list today at thetexasbowl.com to get exclusive pre-sale access, the latest event updates, ticket deals, and more. That's thetexasbowl.com. More Texans Radio is on the way. The first day of owning a new car is amazing. Fast forward to day 90, and if you own a Hyundai Tucson, it's still just as amazing. Which is why J.D. Power ranked it number one in initial quality amongst all 2020 compact SUVs. The Hyundai Tucson, a great deal more than just a great deal. Now get 0% APR for up to 72 months on the Tucson. Hurry to your Houston Hyundai dealer. For well-qualified buyers only, offers end 916 Call 469-613-0227 for complete details. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, go to jdpower.com awards. Sometimes in business, the unexpected comes calling. But even in, I'm going to say it, unprecedented times, don't bounce back. Bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig. With the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks. And with security solutions that help keep your connected devices protected. Be fast, be flexible, be ready for what's next. And bounce forward. Help your business to bounce forward with this amazing offer. Get a great price on a powerful and reliable internet solution from Comcast Business. Starting at $64.90 a month for 24 months with a two-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to ComcastBusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply. Limited to new Comcast Business 25 megabits per second internet and one voice mobility customers. Early termination fee applies. Equipment, installation, taxes, and fees extra. Subject to change. Okay, so maybe we're new to home improvement. But we're determined. So when it came to finding the perfect floor at the perfect price, our contractor gave us an insider tip. And whoa! At Floor & Decor, we shop the same incredible selection as real-life designers and contractors. And I appreciated the budget-friendly prices. Now, thanks to Floor & Decor, we're unstoppable. Oh yeah, we found where the pros go. Explore Floor & Decor in person or online at floorandecor.com. The Ravens blew up the Browns. One hand catch for the touchdown. 38 to 6. And the scariest part? They've added more weapons. What a great day for Ravens rookies. On both sides of the ball. Patrick Queen on defense. Dobbins on offense. Their first two draft picks accounted for eight tackles, a forced fumble, and a sack. Along with two TDs. Touchdown, J.K. Dobbins. The Ravens are coming in hot. And we'll tell you what you need to know all week long. Insider Access. Exclusive content. Sports Radio 610. The Texans. Play here. Play here. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points. Saturday nights at 1030 or after the late local news on ABC 13. It's a Wednesday night. Hopefully you guys are doing well listening to this Texans All Access show. John Harris here, Mark Vandermeer there, and it's time for one of my favorite segments all week long, more likely to happen. And typically, Mark throws them at me. I'm going to throw some at him. Actually, we're just going to mix them all up in this segment because I got a couple for Mark. Mark's got a couple for me. Mark, I'll let you go first. More likely to happen for me. 
Okay, Johnny, more likely to happen, J.K. Dobbins, more touchdowns, or I'm kind of going an over-under here. Okay. Who has more touchdowns? More likely to have more touchdowns, J.K. Dobbins or our good buddy, David Johnson? Oh, man. Okay. I think it's going to end up being in this one, it's David Johnson. Because I think the Texans, they're going to know full well about J.K. Dobbins. I think they're going to do whatever they got to do to keep him out of the end zone. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a situation where Dobbins ends up being sort of a touchdown vulture where Ingram does some of the work, the majority of the work, and then they get down in the red zone or get down in the deep red zone, and then that's when Dobbins takes over. I, I don't know if it's going to turn out like that, but I just have a feeling that David Johnson's ready to – he's going to get in the end zone a couple of times. I think he's going to get one rushing, one receiving. That's just – that's my gut. I, and I think it's going to be uh, vital that he gets those two touchdowns in this one. So I'm rolling with the vet over the rookie. I'm going with David Johnson getting in the end zone more so than J.K. Dobbins. I will say this, though. The Texans having faced Clyde Edwards Elaire is great prep for J.K. Dobbins. Because Dobbins, although not, not as I mean, he's a compact, strong dude. Clyde Edwards Elaire is a little uh, they're, they're very similar. What am I saying? It's just that Dobbins is a couple inches taller. So going against Clyde Edwards Elaire, they at least have that experience of, okay, this is what it's gonna be like to take on these little pinball guys. We've got to bring everything we've got, and physically we've got to match up with them. That said, I think the defense will step up, keep him out of the end zone, and I think it's going to be David Johnson's day uh, that turned in tonight. So I'm going David Johnson, more likely to happen, more likely to score more than J.K. Dobbins. Okay, today, Mark, mine for you. There okay. were 14 first-year Professional Football Hall of Fame candidates. Peyton Manning, it was just announced today. First year eligibility. Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson. I'll give you those three to start with. More likely to happen. All three go in as first year on their first year eligible, or Peyton Manning and Woodson go in on their first year eligible. Manning and Woodson, they go in, more likely to happen. Look, Megatron was a great player. There's no question about it. But Megatron has to wait. I'm sorry. Look, he had great brand name recognition, the sexy nickname, all of it. He was a terrific player. No one has taken that away from him, Johnny. But let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the lack of star power production in postseason situations, right? I mean, this is a player who it's not his fault that yeah. they weren't a good enough franchise, just like it's not Andre Johnson's fault that it took till 2011 for him to make the postseason. He finally did cut a touchdown in his very first postseason game, but it's not their fault when their teams don't do enough. But he had a pretty good quarterback for a big chunk of his career in Matthew Stafford, who everybody loves. And by the way, that throw he made the other day, I felt bad oh. for Swift. And, oh my and God, that, throw. that is why people think Matt Stafford is an elite-type quarterback, you yeah. know, caliber quarterback, because he can make a throw like that, which was a dart to win the game, yeah. and Swift couldn't hang on. But, you know, whatever. 
Stafford has four winning seasons since 2009 when he joined this league. So it always perplexes me why he's so highly regarded, not to like bury Stafford in this conversation. But you know how I feel. I mean, I feel like Andre Johnson was better than Calvin Johnson. I just feel that way. Now, maybe other people would disagree. But in any case, he's got to wait. Manning and Woodson first. That's my take on that more likely to happen. All right. I'll give you another one here. More likely to have more touchdowns on Sunday. Mark Andrews or a combination of Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks? Andrews or... Fuller and Cooks combined. The law firm of Fuller and Cooks. Oh, man. That's tough. Because if there's a guy that worries me down in the red zone more than Dobbins, it's Andrews. And it's Andrews because of all the different um, window dressing that the Ravens can put. You know, they got the ball at the five-yard line, and they can fake zone read. Lamar can start to run. They can do different things, the routes, and then all of a sudden, Andrews just pops wide open because you try and match personnel down on the goal line. And I'm going to say – I'm going to say Andrews. And I don't want to say that. But I'm playing the percentages here in that Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller have to face – one of the best, arguably one of the better secondaries in the league. Now, I do think that the Ravens at safety with no Earl Thomas, Deshaun Elliott, young player out of the University of Texas. We'll see what he's got. He started last week and did an okay job back there. I do think that there's a possibility that Texans can get the ball and push the ball down the field on these guys. But, man, this is a really good – it's a good secondary. And they physically – can beat receivers up, and that's my worry. But Mark Andrews, they will force it to him down in the red zone. When they get down in the red zone, they will force it to Andrews. I hate to say this, but I'm going to go more likely to happen that Andrews has more than Fuller and Cooks because I think the touchdowns will come from David Johnson. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Okay, more likely to happen uh, for me, here's one. Let's go sacks. This is straight up. More likely to happen. More sacks Sunday. Calais Campbell or J.J. Watt? Ooh. Well, Campbell coming more from the interior. I don't see it. I think Watson pops out. Doesn't get sacked by the interior lineman. Watt, Watt will have one of those games at some point here where he gets like a couple you know, or more, you know, he's had those voluminous sack games from time to time. And, you know, after what happened in week one, Watt's been hearing it like, Oh, you really weren't that effective. Oh. So anyway, I, you know, I just, I think that stuff motivates certain players, not that Watt cares about accolades or cares about negative reviews, but the great ones always find ways to motivate themselves even more. And Watt is ultra motivated already. But it's kind of like we all saw the last dance and Jordan looking for any way to get a chip on his shoulder, an extra chip, you know, some kind of extra adrenaline rush. And I totally get that, you know, in all my great athletic moments. No, just kidding. (laughs) But I totally get that. Even playing pickup basketball, when I'm a little angry about something, I play better. You know what I mean? There's an edge. You get a little more adrenaline flowing. I think that's what these guys look for. You know, if I can analyze it that way anecdotally so i believe that uh you know watt is hearing it feeling it and he'll be ready to go on sunday i would definitely vote for 99 
Yeah. So okay. should I go another one here? Do yeah, we have go time? Another go another one. Do we have to, all right, all right. So, you, want, you want to talk straight up stuff. More likely to have more passing yards. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. Now, they threw for a similar number last week. And if, if either team is really going good on the ground uh, with either the quarterbacks themselves, but most particularly the backs, well, then you would think, gee, uh, you don't have to throw for that many yards. Mahomes only had 211. We yeah. talked about that. Uh, but I'm not going to answer the question for you. What do you think? More likely to have more passing yards, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. Oh, boy. You know, when these two teams have matched up, it's been the one who throws for the most passing yards who ends up losing. Because uh, back in 2016 in college, Lamar threw for a ton of yards. They lost last year. I think Deshaun ended up, I think, by the end of the game, throwing for a decent amount. I, I don't remember. I know it was just an awful afternoon. Maybe not. Um, but my gut tells me to go with Lamar on this because I feel like the Texans are going to have that same sort of philosophy like they did in 2016 against the Chiefs. See if they can get a couple turnovers, capitalize off those turnovers, control the ball on the ground, and really try and control clock a little bit, and then hit them with David Johnson down in the red zone as a receiver, as a runner. And I think that'll minimize Deshaun's passing yardage. I do think he'll have opportunities to throw touchdowns in the red zone. But I think overall his passing game yardage is not going to be a tremendous amount because the Texans, I think, are going to control the ball on the ground with a lot of David Johnson and Deshaun himself. So I'm going with Lamar having more passing yards, Deshaun having the better ball game, and the Texans obviously getting the win. Mark, you're the best. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, my friend. We will talk again tomorrow. Thank you, Johnny. All right, this second hour is all about my pals. Mark Vandermeer spent the last two segments with me. Coming up next, it's our In the Lab podcast. My partner, Drew Doherty. We've been doing this podcast now for about three years. We're getting it down. We talk about our cream of the crop players very shortly uh, with the Chiefs game. Then we talk about this Ravens game. And then we do a little flashback to 2014, the last time the Ravens were in NRG Stadium. We'll do that next on Texas All Access. If you love podcasts and you love the Texans, you'll love our Texans podcasts. Now available on iTunes and HoustonTexans.com. Today tastes like game day at home. Like assigned couch seating. <laughs> tastes like coffee table dining. And an ice cold Coke to cool down the heat. It tastes like the game you've waited for all week with friends you've known your whole life. <laughs> Today tastes like watching football is supposed to. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. Behind every incredible play are thousands of data points you might otherwise miss, such as player speed, field location, and movement patterns. The NFL uses AWS to process this large and complex data in real time. It's called NextGen Stats, and with AWS machine learning and artificial intelligence technology, the NFL has developed ways to uncover deeper insights and expand the fan experience by offering a broader range of advanced stats and visualizations. Visit nextgenstats.nfl.com for all things stats. NextGen Stats, powered by AWS. In all times, critical infrastructure binds us together. Burns & McDonald is proud to partner with communities in Houston and throughout the world. 
to build and maintain the vital links that move us all forward. Together, we're rising to the moment. We're Burns and McDonald, and we're on call through it all. BurnsMCD.com slash Texans. That's BurnsMCD.com slash Texans. August Houston Texans Star of Courage Award presented by Apache will be presented to AEMT Raven Hernandez. Hernandez is a single mother who decided to return to school to become a first responder. She works in a small town and is setting a great example that hard work and determination can get the job done. Currently, she is serving in her community as a COVID-19 tracer, helping manage all of the current cases in her county and doing an amazing job. The Houston Texans and Apache would like to congratulate her for being our August Star of Courage Award recipient. Ashley Home Store is proud to call Houston home. We believe your personal style makes your house a home. Discover incredible styles, selection, and quality at a price to fit any budget. Ashley Home Store has just the looks and options you need. Explore totally different styles and trends all in one place. Finding the perfect furniture and home decor makes it easy for you to create a home you love to live in. We have 12 Houston area locations to serve you. Ashley Home Store, proud partner of the Houston Texans. This is Texans Radio. The Ravens blew up the Browns. One hand catch for the touchdown. 38 to 6. And the scariest part? They've added more weapons. What a great day for Ravens rookies. On both sides of the ball. Patrick Queen on defense. Dobbins on offense. Their first two draft picks accounted for eight tackles, a forced fumble, and a sack. Along with two TDs. Touchdown, J.K. Dobbins. The Ravens are coming in hot. And we'll tell you what you need to know all week long. Insider Access. Exclusive content. Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. Did you know Geico's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your teenager to help around the house? Okay, Mom, I emptied the dishwasher, vacuumed the basement, and folded the sheets out of the dryer. Wait, what? Oh, and next, I'm going to clean Mitten's litter box. Are we in some kind of prank show or something? That's a camera, isn't it? There's never been a better time to switch to GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit GEICO.com for details. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Titosvodka.com. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Sawgrass Steakhouse is the place for a great steak. Why? Because they only serve the best certified Angus beef. A Sawgrass Steak is unmatched, unrivaled, and unbeatable when it comes to flavor. Each tender steak is seasoned with a perfect blend of seven spices, grilled over an open flame, and topped with seasoned steak butter. Taste the certified Angus beef difference today at Sawgrass Steakhouse. Houston Texans Lux is the only membership that gives you unprecedented access to Texans events and connections to the top business professionals in Houston. If suites become available for the 2020 season, be the first to know and sign up for the waitlist at HoustonTexans.com slash suites. In this uncertain environment, you can count on Houston Texans Lux to work for you. 
Contact us today for more information on Lux memberships. Visit HoustonTexans.com slash suites or call 832-667-2299. 2299. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points Saturday nights at 1030 or after the late local news on ABC 13. We got one final segment of this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, and one half of the In the Lab podcast crew. My partner, Drew Doherty, and I sit down each and every week. And we like to look back, give cream of the crop from the previous week's game, and then we'd like to look ahead to what has to happen in the following week game. So we look back, we look ahead, we do a lot of that. Here's our In the Lab podcast this week, looking back a little bit at Chiefs, but looking a lot ahead to the Ravens. Here's the table of contents for today. We're pretty much casting that abomination on Thursday night aside, although we will give out a little cream of the crop you know, individual award to one player each, although we're, we're moving forward. We'll have one non-negotiable must-have this Sunday at 325 against the, Ra- uh, the Ravens. The Texans must have this. It's not negotiable. This happens or not. And it can't be go to school and more points to the other team. I know there's nope, a, I've got mine. Bunch of Twitter smart, uh, smart Alex out there. <laughs> we're also going to do one little memory from the 2014 game here against oh, the yeah. That's the last time Baltimore was in Houston for a game. But let's start with the cream of the cropper. The cream of the crop. Get it out of the way. I'm, gonna, I'm wrestling it away from you first. I'm taking David Johnson. There was a lot of wonder. Yeah. Hey, this guy's looked good in training camp. He looked good in August. But uh, let's just see how it happens or how he looks come game time when he's getting hit. And he looked, he looked like the real deal. He looked like everything you said that first day of camp to me, yep. to Mark, to DP. Uh, when we were talking in private, and he was very, very impressive. He said yesterday on Monday that he left some yards on the field, though, which, I mean, that's pretty darn impressive. 11 carries, 77 yards, and he caught the three passes for 30 yards and change. He didn't get as ma- that many chances just because the offense wasn't out on the field as much, but yep. he's going to be out on the field, and the offense is going to be out on the field. It's like you said, he will move the chains in many different ways. Yeah, he's impressive. And the one thing that stood out to me as I watched was his vision. What, what he sees and who he sees is pretty impressive to know uh, also where to look. The, there was one run, I think it was in the second half, and he, he went off to the left and darted to the left. And as he went through the hole, he knew what the coverage was. So he knew that, oh, it's cover two. So he knew there was a cover two corner out, outside. And he knew he was going outside. So he knew to get his eyes out there. Is that guy still out there? Is that guy being blocked? Saw he was being blocked, darted then up the field, knowing that that corner was going to come in and like cut him, you know, cut him down or knock the ball loose or whatever the case might be. He knew where he was. He was cognizant of everybody on the field. I was really impressed with him. I mean, he had only 14 touches. I think that number will go up um, slowly but surely. I think it's like everything else in this, this 2020 season, kind of ramping it up. 11 carries, three ca- uh, catches, 14 touches. I think he'll get more as time uh, wears on. I think he was uh, really, really good. I'm going to go for mine, Drew, on the defensive side, and I'm going to say Eric Murray. I think Eric Murray played a significant role for this team on Thursday. You know, the touchdown catch that was overturned on the first drive for the Chiefs, you know, Eric Murray – Going back and watching that play again, I mean, I saw it happen live. Going back and watching the play, 
Yeah, he, but the thing is, is Drew, I'm telling you, other safeties the Texans have had in the past would not have been in that position because what happened was they were sending Tyreek and Demarcus Robinson. And so Murray was kind of supposed to stay over all of that. And so when Tyreek is going down a field, you got to respect Tyreek. So he's playing over the top of Tyreek. And then he sees Mahomes looking at Robinson and he speed turns, which we used to call baseball turn and gets himself back in the play on Demarcus Robinson and is really the one that knocked that ball away. Now, Eric would love to have that interception back um, that seemingly hit him in the, in the, it looked like him in the shoulder pads kind of sounded like the helmet. It was just like this huge thud. Could have, that, could have changed the entire complexion of the game. Yeah. I mean, but kind of in the he, early middle part of that first long yes. touchdown drive. Oof. Yeah. That would have, that would have been nice, but he was unable to hang on to that one, but I just liked the way he played. He tackled pretty well in space. I think Eric Murray on the defensive side of the ball did some really nice things. I was very, very pleased with what he brought to them. His hands are going to be full this weekend because oh, yeah. a guy that uh, the Texans saw, it was the worst defeat in the regular season last year for Houston. I mean, they were riding that two-game win streak like they had all season long. <laughs> they had a set of two-game win streaks, but they just won in London. They dominated Jacksonville, and yep. there's a lot of question marks. Hey, how are they going to look with the travel? Oh, Jacksonville's used to this. Jacksonville gets a win. They're back to 500. Well, the Texans closed the door on the Jaguars that day. I mean, just yep. dominated them. And then they had – From beginning to end, yep. Yeah, beginning to end. Then they had the whole week off. You're going to Baltimore. This is going to be a rumble. It was close for a quarter, and then Baltimore stomped on the gas. Yep. Blew up. One non-negotiable that you need the Texans to have for victory is – Do I need to I get to go first on this you one? Get you get to go, go first, first, yes. Oh, I do. Since I'm the um, ball I think, hawk, I'm going to I'm gonna pass off for once. <laughs> it's got to be pristine pass protection. Pristine. It's absolutely, without a doubt, got to be pristine. And there were times in the game against the Ravens where they did have some good pass protection, but the Ravens' secondary is so good, they just clamped down. Deshaun didn't have anywhere to go to the ball. Eventually, he just kind of ran around a few times. And then on the first drive of the game, he fumbles uh, on a sack. Um, but then the pass protection didn't hold up. And the pass protection the other night against the Chiefs was not great. The other thing about pass protection, and it, it's kind of a, a subset, but a very important subset of pass protection, is blitz pickup. The Ravens will bring guys from the parking lot. And Don Wink Martindale, I love that nickname, Wink. Um, if you know who Wink Martindale is, then consider yourself in our demographic. But They'll bring everybody. And in fact, uh, I did it. I'm doing a Telestrator, actually, not as we speak, but I'm in the process of doing a Telestrator right after we get done with this. And the Ravens, it's one of those things where the Ravens will show you a look where, hey, we got a lot of guys over here. We got a lot of guys over here. And you're like, oh, we got to block all those guys. But then those guys all drop into coverage and then they bring guys from over here. And it's just like, see this and give you this. And so knowing that, um, and, and then there are times when they show you this and then those guys all come. So, you know, they do a number of different things. So you've got to be cognizant of that. You've got to see if there are any tells when guys are dropping and not blitzing. Um, and then the ball has got to come out of Deshaun Watson's hands fast. And that all has to do with confidence that he has in the pass protection. 
Now, Calais Campbell has always given us issues. So they have a four-man line, and Calais is part of it. you got to protect against that guy. And whether it's a man and a half or two men that have got to just control him, that's fine. But if that's the case, then you got to have a one-on-one on the guys on the outside. And Judon and Ferguson, those guys, and Tyus Bowser, those guys can come from the outside. But Titus Howard got to do a better job on the right side, protecting that side. And Laramie's going to have to do a rock-solid job on the left side to protect that when they just bring a four-man line. Um, or they're bringing five, and you can man up five on five. Uh, you can go Hawaii 5-0 protection and leave your back on the, the linebacker that comes. In okay. part of pass protection, are receivers getting open quickly. So it's all kind of like pass protection's got to be pristine. The only way it's pristine is if you understand and know where the blitz is coming from, you then pick it up, your receivers know exactly what they're doing and where to go and get open quickly. It's all that synergy you're talking about. All right, that's yours, pass protection and and whatnot. For me, you got to go plus two in turnover differential. Uh-huh. And you got to make it count. It, with Against this team, you need to get off the field, but you also got to keep them from popping you in the mouth with touchdown yep. drive after touchdown drive. That's like three, three plays or two plays. You've yep. got to get off the field. J.J. Watt talked about it as far as creating turnovers. Because when this team has won, it's been because of you know, doing well in that turnover differential category. Two years ago, they were one of the best in the league. Last year, they really got away with some stuff because – the Texans were right around even, almost underwater when it came to turnover differential. But it's got to get better because it was not good last year against this Ravens team. you got to come up with a fumble or a pick and make things really, really tough on them, put the pressure on them because we've seen you – know, they only lost three times all of last year, if you can include the playoffs. And yep. in, in the playoffs, they took the ball out of his hands. You know, Lamar Jackson did not have the ball. So I'm going to go with plus – to turnover differential, Johnny. You know what's interesting about that, that Titans game? You know, just if you play box score hero, I watched the game. Mark and I watched the game when we were out that night. And it was interesting because we were in a, we were in a place in Kansas City where everybody was cheering for the Titans. You know, it was, it was kind of bizarre. But the Titans had – or I'm sorry, the, the Ravens had 530 yards in that game. They, they on third down, we're 11 of 16. They were Amazing. 61%. But they were 0 for 4 on fourth down. That's like a turnover. And then they turned it over a couple of times. And the Titans just didn't. So from that perspective, you're absolutely right. Now, that, that was an extreme case of four. you didn't make it on four fourth downs. And then you got two turnovers. I think that, that, that would make you a plus six. But still, even if it's just plus two, you just whether it's you get a fourth down stop and a turnover or two turnovers, whatever, those are going to be huge. Sam Cook didn't even get on the field last year unless he was holding for amazing? Tucker field goals and extra points. Yeah, that can't be the case this year. That cannot be the case this year. They've got to end some of those drives with Sam Cook punting, and he's extraordinary. I remember in seventeen going up there, he was absolutely extraordinary with some of the punts. Of course, they got going with a fake punt, and that's the other thing too. We've seen the Ravens do this. Um, I've seen, we've seen other teams do this over the weekend when teams kind of needed to get it going, like, boy, it's kind of slow going fake punt. The Rams did it. Uh, I saw Notre Dame do it. Notre Dame did it against, uh, Duke Duke kind of had that game going in their direction. Notre Dame runs a fake punt. 
gets a big first down, and then they rolled basically from that point forward. Um, saw the Browns try it in the Ravens game. It got shut down, and the Ravens just continued on, you know, on their run after that. And saw uh, – I'm trying to think. Somebody else did it too in the NFL, and I'm trying to remember who that was. Can't off the top of my head. But there were a number of fake punts. I remember the Ravens, Monday night game. They were, were kind of controlling them through the first quarter, a little after quarter and some change. You're talking about 2017? And 2017. Yeah. And then they run a fake punt. Sam Cook hits uh, Chris Moore down the sideline. And that got them, that got them going. And we couldn't, we, couldn't get, we couldn't get back in the driver's seat of that game. We were playing uphill the rest of the game and ended up losing it. So I, that's, that's another thing to go along with kind of turnovers. Kind of a subset of that is, hey, fake punt. That's going to be on the table. Fake field goal. You know, those things are going to be on the table with John Harbaugh uh, as the head coach of the Ravens. So, yeah, yeah. he's special That's, teams. You bring up a good one. Special teams. So, yes, it is. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Let's go down memory lane. 2014, Texans beat the Ravens. And there's lots of different things you can choose from here. I'm not going to say them, but I'm, my first okay. one is it's a little obscure. Two of my best friends were at the game. I gave them my tickets. And mm-hmm. one of them is sort of a casual. Sport. He's not even really a, a sports fan, but he, like he he played football, but he doesn't follow football, and yeah. he's more of like a UFC guy. He likes following MMA and all that. But mm-hmm. he texted me in game when the Ravens handed the ball off to Justin Forsett, who was the he was the NFL rushing king that year, um, and the most yards uh, on the ground that year. They handed him the ball. JJ Watt cut through and basically pulled him back and my friend said that was amazing I mean that guy's not big but he totally suplexed him I mean he's an NFL player and he basically suplexed him and I was like that's funny. yeah that's that's yeah. JJ Watt and that was the year JJ yeah. Watt was I mean yeah. a fireball he's been great his whole year whole career you know he's going to be in the hall of fame some someday but he was an absolute comet in 2014 and that was just one not as highly memorable plays or one of his not memorable plays, but a, certainly a big one and a good one because the Texans wound up winning that game and came up big six Randy Bullock field goals. Yeah. And a touchdown, which I'm guessing you might bring up. No, I'm actually not. Okay. Um, well, so let's talk about it after. Yeah. Um, mine that I will always have with that game goes back to the Sunday before. The Sunday before, we had gone to Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. And on the but we're getting on the plane. And on that plane, we sat up front or near the front. And as we're going to our seats over to the left is Fitzy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, whose yeah. leg is in a long cast. And he's taking up the first three seats of the front row. And so then we're like, oh, crap, okay. So then we go up to our seats, we sit down, and a little while later we see coming down with crutches, Tom Savage. And so we're like, the only quarterback that we have that does not have some sort of cast on his body is Thaddeus Lewis. That's it. (laughs) And so at some point between the time we took off and the time we landed, Case Keenum had gotten a call from the Texans saying, hey, we, we need you to come back. Would you like to come back? And he, of course, did. He had been hunting in a deer blind that weekend. Um, I think the Rams, he was with their practice squad. And yeah. I think the Rams had played a Thursday night game, and so they had the weekend off. And so he was hunting, gets a text or call from his wife saying, hey, the text, you know, Fitzpatrick got hurt. You might get a call. Then calls him later and says, Savage got hurt, so you may definitely get a call. And he did. And he plays that game. And his, his numbers weren't tremendous. 
His numbers weren't tremendous. But he makes the first throw down the sideline about 35 yards to Dre. And, and it was like, okay, all right, this guy's ready to roll. They had a nice He's ready connection. to roll. They had a nice – They did. They, they always did. did. Yeah. It was really fun to see. And then after the game, uh, I would get a player to interview out on the field. And so I told them, I want Case. And they're like, okay. And I, I didn't say I want Case. I was like, I need Case. So I'm waiting for you up on the deck to throw it to David Brady, to throw it to me, to get down to me. And so finally it comes down to me. And he's just kind of standing there. And he was, fi- like, he was fine, it seemed. And then I asked, I asked the question. I was like, what are your emotions, man? What are you feeling right now? And he, he literally couldn't talk for a few seconds. He was just. Like, he, he just he paused. He just kind of put his head on and said, John, he just kind of stammered a little bit. He was like, I, 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 don't, even know, I don't even know what to think. <laughs> and, and it was so true. He, he just was kind of – he was so taken just, – just taken away. Like, wow, did that just happen? Did I just leave – you know, did I just get my first – his first win, his first win as a starting quarterback. He comes out of a deer blind, you know, where he was. It, all this is, like, going through his head. And he's having just kind of this moment and we got done with it. And I just kind of put my arm around him and he kind of just looked at me and, and we, we had known each other because we had done radio. He had been on our radio show, me and Sean and I, and he had been with the two of us and he would join us every single week. And we just loved, we loved like him. When he was at U of H. We, we loved, yeah. When he was at U of H yeah. and we loved him. And, uh, and so I just kind of looked at him. He's kind of looked at me. I was like, and I'll, I'll just never forget that moment of him just like, feeling the emotion of that of the, of the game of being there of making it you know being in that moment and you know then he did it the next week against the Jags and unfortunately he didn't stay with us but he's been able to carve out at this point he's been in the league how you nine years yeah nine years ten years there's um there's yeah, something to be this said is, this is ninth year it's ninth year it's great it's he, incredible there's like a faction on Twitter there's two factions on Twitter or there, there was at a time where some were like, die hard. You need to start this guy. He's going to lead you to the promised land. And then there were others that were like, he is an abomination at quarterback. <laughs> it's like, yeah. hey, yeah. hey, there's, there's a middle ground with this guy. But there is a middle I'll, ground. I'll say this. Anybody in the Texans organization that dealt with him, you know, back then, yeah. like nothing but love for that. I mean, oh yeah, he, he was awesome to deal with. I mean, just a, he's a great, great guy. And he's yeah. got a lot of fans in the Texans organization both from the Kubiak era and the O'Brien era. I mean, it's yep. he's a popular, popular player. You know, I, I've, I've been happy to see his, his success. Man, that 2014 game was one of my favorite days down on the sideline. It was just an incredible performance all the way around. What Case did that day, the team did, amazing. Just absolutely amazing that day against the Ravens. And hopefully Sunday will be much of the same. A big thanks to DP, to Jeff Zriebeck, to Mark to Kevin Kugler, to Drew, of course, to all of you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. The Houston Texans scratch ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane, VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game, and more. So get your Houston Texans scratch ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP, all rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit txlottery.org or call 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. 
Hey, parents and teachers. We know teaching kids at home can be hard, and teaching math can be even harder. Well, Schlumberger and the Houston Texans are here to make math fun with the Texans Stats Challenge. Get your student in the game with worksheets, videos, tips, and more to make math fun using the game of football. All for free. The Stats Challenge, presented by Schlumberger, is designed for sixth grade students and covers a variety of math topics. Find the Stats Challenge and other great resources as we continue to huddle at home at HoustonTexans.com slash community. Modern modernization today has the products you need to modernize your workplace, like Wi-Fi booster crystals. Let their metaphysical powers enhance connectivity and spiritually awaken your Internet of Things. At CDW, we get crystals won't modernize your network. You need Cisco Catalyst access points that are Wi-Fi 6 compatible and can help you improve reliability, increase capacity, and reduce latency. Cisco and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash Cisco. At NFL Network, we're here for Thursday and the Battle of the Buckeye State. I woke up feeling dangerous. We're here for number one pick against number one pick. For AJ and OBJ. I mean, how good is that? For warp speed and sheer power. Caught by Lance. What a catch. For an old rivalry in a new era. We're here for Thursday. Bengals, Browns, Thursday night football. Thursday at 8, only on NFL Network. Wildcat Golf Club is Houston's premier 36-hole golf facility, featuring the Lakes Course and the Highlands Course, located just minutes south of NRG Stadium. We're now offering a new and improved player development program, including unlimited range balls for less than $70 a month and 50% green fees after 4 p.m. Players hit off the mats Monday through Wednesday and off the grass Thursday through Sunday. Sign up for this program today at the Wildcat Pro Shop and mention Texans Radio, and we'll add an additional two free golf passes. Ronnie Flatten, CTO and owner of CT Integrations, and this is our story. The business was great, and we were in a growth mode. When the pandemic hit, we had a lot of uncertainty, but with AMG's support, we were able to get through it. Being able to help somebody come out of a crisis is truly gratifying. 15 jobs saved with their families, and that impacts a whole lot of people. AMG Bank, a division of Zions Bank Corporation, NA, member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. Texans fans, if your head's in the game, you're not thinking of hunger. But keep an eye on that scoreboard, because if your team scores two touchdowns at this week's game, you'll score a free Jumbo Jack at Jack in the Box when you purchase a large drink. Stop by a participating Jack in the Box location the day after the game to get your touchdown celebration meal on. Touchdown! How's that for some extra points? The Houston Texans are proud to partner with Kroger and the Houston Food Bank to tackle hunger in Houston. Huddle Against Hunger, presented by Kroger, is a free, downloadable curriculum that includes activities designed to teach empathy and understanding around hunger in elementary, middle, and high school students, parents, and teachers. Join the huddle now by visiting HoustonTexans.com slash Huddle Against Hunger. <laughs> 